This episode is brought to you by Kensington's newest title from Alexandra Ivy, Intended Victim. And at least for me, it seems like the perfect suspense romance thriller um, to kick off the fall Halloween season. New York Times bestselling author Alexandra Ivy proves her powers to terrify and titillate with a thrilling novel of pure romantic suspense about what happens when a vicious killer attempts to punish the one who got away. When lookalike corpses start piling up, one Chicago cop makes it his mission to protect that one, his former fiance, and he'll stop at nothing to put the madman behind bars for good. Demonstrating her strong plotting ability, Alexandra Ivy delivers a tale full of chilling suspense and unforgettable twists. Her blend of electrifying thrills, complex characters, and taut pacing is certain to captivate readers of romance suspense and crossover female thriller. This book will appeal to fans of Lisa Jackson, Carla Neggers, Mary Burton, Alison Brennan, and anyone obsessed with true crime podcasts. This is classic, creepy, serial killer suspense with a hot hero in law enforcement and a feisty heroine aiming to stay out of the killer's clutches. You can find Intended Victim by Alexandra Ivy wherever books are sold. Find out more at kensingtonbooks.com. Welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. Cool. Um, just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, you can uh, rate us, review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find us. Um, you can also follow us on the social means. We are Feminists Without Mystique on Instagram and FWM Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Um, yeah, so just like, you know, lurk us. You can slide into our DMs. You can send us an e-card, um, however you choose to engage. <laughs> an e-card i love it yes every now and then i, I send an e-card i like getting e-cards yeah yeah great yeah. <laughs> there was like there were two years where i was spending like five dollars a month on americangreetings.com because i did like a free trial to send one card and then oh no yeah. lost track of that monthly charge yeah so maybe i shouldn't recommend it i don't know <laughs> I, I just think they're fun okay they they are fun. They are fun. Or a handwritten card. Although we're not giving your addresses. I'm looking forward to getting your card for your baby shower. Yeah, I sent I sent it out. Oh, you have to have your mail forwarded. Yeah. It's your new address. That beep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be showering showering the baby. Um, which is nuts. Uh, yeah, it's happening. It's, third trimester she's is she in there she is making herself known and um the end of all this i gotta give birth there's a baby yeah and take care of a baby for like a human forever for Um, the whole rest of your whole life (laughs) yeah so i'm it's i'm i'm excited i'm just a little a little nervous who signed off on this Who approved this? <laughs> I'm very, I'm so excited for you. Oh my yeah. gosh.
it'll be it'll be great you know this is the one the perfect world to bring a child into if i could just oh everything's great yeah um so i might not be the only one who's pregnant segue oh ayo yeah um we are acknowledging at the beginning of this shitty little commentary that it's totally unconfirmed and kind of fucked up that we're all just you know discussing olivia munn and her potential pregnancy because she stepped out in some baggy clothing but it does look like she's pregnant it does which could very well be um angles and how fabric drapes and stuff like that but the reason that she looks pregnant in the photos is because it appears that there is a bump in the belly Mm -hmm. and not elsewhere um Mm -hmm. That's when people uh, gain weight. Um, so we're not, we don't know. She hasn't denied it. Um, okay. And nor, and I am in the camp of like, can we, do we need to <laughs> criticize slash comment on um, women's bodies? And it is weird being pregnant and feeling like people are just like eyeballing me and like know something about me. And like, yeah. what if they want to like steal my baby? Like, which is a whole <laughs> that is that's like a, a lifetime yeah. the number one cause of death for pregnant women is homicide Ugh. anyway oh that was uh fast forward to year we see you <laughs> although i guess she wasn't pregnant she, oh god anyway i know yeah. anywho um olivia munn may or may not be pregnant we had feelings about it which is what we're um <laughs> discussing we don't approve of the fact that the photos are out there but we looked at them now that they are <laughs> We looked at him um and we just we had feelings about uh john mulaney and olivia munn getting together real quick after the divorce we don't know anything about these people in their inner lives we have made projections of all these people and who we think they are we don't know we don't know anything at all but we've no. decided we do and we decided mm-hmm. from like a few comedy specials and some interviews that john mulaney is a great guy and he's he's like an actual nice guy not like a fake nice guy and he's authentic and he's this and he's that and he let, he's so dutiful to his wife and blah 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 um so we've been uh begrudgingly <laughs> i think following uh following things with with him mm-hmm. and olivia munn um because we don't want to we don't want to care i mean not to speak for us but i don't want to mm-hmm. you know i no. wish i just like i don't it's not in my business i wish i were inherently above it but yeah, here we are, not above it. Um, logically, I know it's not my business, yet here I am yeah. talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if she is, if she is pregnant and showing, it's like, oh my gosh, you really, you were talking about being with Anna forever and how much you loved her, and now Olivia Munn's pregnant. And in like 2015, she was like talking about how she had a crush on him, and it's just like mm-hmm. the whole thing just doesn't taste right to me you know yeah yeah like interviews where she was like oh my god can I hang out with you and your wife or can I hang out with you and your girlfriend or like I was just you know yeah she she was obviously so um yeah she she was just like obviously all about him in interviews and I think it's just tough to see this and um knowing kind of like the comedy and interviews that he's given also like in things that he said about potentially like having kids or not having kids. And it's kind of like this whole situation is just kind of um, 
like unsettling to watch where you wonder like are you gonna like emerge from this period in your life being like I can't believe the choices I made or but again like hilarious that I think I can even talk about this I don't know a single real tangible thing about it it could be very (laughs) true that John and Anna both great people the relationship maybe it was toxic maybe it didn't work for them Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe there were good times but overall it wasn't healthy and it's best for both of them to be out of it and maybe Olivia and John have a really healthy wonderful (laughs) relationship and we're just little assholes who have our fifis about it Mm -hmm. Um, because I have there's I have no real reason to have anything against any of these people or to be rooting for anyone right um i think it's just rare that we like trust a uh public man or any man but that's my own shit but i think it's rare for us to yeah decide like okay we can we can trust this one yeah you know and so i think even though we have no relationship with him he owes us nothing we decided we trusted him Mm-hmm. And we feel betrayed, even though we don't have any right to. But I think everyone has those like public figures who they have irrational feelings about. Yeah, right? yeah, everybody does it. It's we're fine. I think so. I mean, we yeah, I think so. I think there are just certain celebrities and public figures that people. Um, inherently care about more than other people and especially segments of people like you know I feel that way about Amy Schumer um you know there's just different people who it's like I remember when she broke up with her like first serious boyfriend in like 2017 I was like oh I you know you're just like so wanting them to be happy or whatever and I do think there's like something specific about like um, male comedians, like when they seem like they are super smart and coming from a place of deep empathy and humanity Mm -hmm. um, and that they are like just so inherently good. They seem like they are um, or their comedy kind of gets at a certain, these certain universal truths um, that a lot of people relate to. I think that's part of why we, you know, there were, we've brought up and many people can't like let go of like the Louis CK and the Aziz Ansari questions, because it's like, these were comedians who just really um, managed to um, elicit something in a lot of people, even like the most cynical (laughs) among us, like, Oh, these guys really get it. These guys are, they get it. So, um, and even that it's like pretty not cool to be really, comparing John Mulaney to people who have yeah who more like he didn't do sexually potentially assaulted and yeah you know, he didn't sexually assault power anyone like, no. no we just felt he moved on too quickly from, <laughs> from this marriage which you get yeah it's a who do we think we are who do we think we are in here um anyway it's just because we've all been you know we'll move on in a second we've all <laughs> We, I think we've all felt some version of what we assume Anna, his ex-wife, is feeling, where it's mm-hmm. like someone, you you know, you end things with someone, and then two seconds later, they're out and about, and they're like, you know, doing great, and you're just like, wait, mm, what are you doing? Um, Good for um, you. You look happy and healthy. You I know? was just thinking those <laughs> lyrics. Um, so it's just... Uh, it's tough, but we wish, we wish we. I don't wish ill on anyone. 
I wish, you know. Oh, anyone? What about Mitch McConnell? No, I'm thinking in this three. Oh, okay. These three people. What? Okay. Um, it's just, oh, man, I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to know who to believe in, you know? I don't know. Maybe people you know in your real life. Uh, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll keep following this hot item. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, come back and, for lots of. Yeah. Come back. Tape. We'll see if she confirms it or if it's like, you motherfuckers, I'm not pregnant. I literally was wearing baggy clothes and like there was a photo angle or maybe she had a fanny pack on under her sweater. I don't know. Um, oh, man. I don't know. But I just and she should be able to walk out of her house without getting photographed. Um, but anyway. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. One last note on that. I was just thinking <laughs> like the privilege of generally being of a certain body type too that like what she was wearing like the pants she was wearing <laughs> I just was like those have never and will never look good on me like that type of a pant cut is just like I'm impressed by women who just like think they they you know just like step out and it looked it looked fine on her but I was just sort of like wow no yeah. no Fashion is not equally accessible to all of us yeah yep anyway cool <laughs> just had to note the pants um just had, had to close to out with the pants yeah mm-hmm. <sighs> all right anyway in other important news <laughs> we started off with <laughs> the most important item the highest um, priority the highest priority we've got uh the uh unemployment the COVID unemployment running out or ran out happy labor day uh and a lot of people um are losing their um their unemployment benefits and it's gonna create a bit of a problem um because part of the reason people um don't want to or can't go back to work are because of you know potentially health concerns with covid um child care concerns we have even with um you know schools and daycares opening you have i mean daycares closing for mm-hmm. two week periods like pretty regularly depending on where you are because mm-hmm. if a single kid tests positive um in a classroom the whole classroom is supposed to shut down for two weeks um so even if your kid is in daycare, you don't have reliable um, childcare, and you have a lot of jobs moving back to in-person, but people with lifestyles that don't really support that anymore because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so more than 8 million people now, no unemployment at all, and another uh, 2.7 million lost the weekly boost, but they're going to continue to receive uh, state payments. Um Obviously, it couldn't last forever, but the thing is, Delta is still um, is causing uh, enough issues and problems that uh, people still need help. And the the states that ended the unemployment benefits early didn't really see a big boost in people um, becoming employed. So mm-hmm. there's some concern about what this is going to do uh, to the economy that likely people will just have less money in their pockets um which isn't generally a good thing so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens but um it's it's a problem we don't know like we don't know what's going to be happening with with covid but as of now i mean we have delta 
collapsing <laughs> hospitals, mm-hmm. um, just mayhem and madness uh, at, at every corner. So, you know, it's uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But it's, uh, it's a bit concerning. Uh, it is a bit concerning. Yep. And there are still industries that aren't back yet, you know? Um, yeah. Like music, by and large, like live music. Yeah. There's some, it's happening. There's some places, you know, vaccine requirements and, but it's still not quite a, uh, things like that are not quite back yet. So it's a no. uh, tricky time, tricky time. Yeah. It's, um, in some ways I think this is probably, I mean, I don't want to say it's the hardest time, but it certainly feels like a very difficult time for everyone to be navigating because we're all on different pages about, first of all, like what we think is appropriate in terms of like public health guidance and Mm -hmm. like respecting other people's boundaries. And just, there's like that, there's a whole spectrum of perspectives on what people are comfortable with. Um, Heading into the fall where, it seems like who knows exactly what the pattern is going to be with more indoor gatherings and spreads. And then just like you said, the, the people's jobs, you know, not everything has bounced back and theaters and other, like, like all live, live performance, um, Broadway's back kind of, but it just feels like we are one sort of incident away from things having to fully shut down. I feel like, you know, maybe, a lot of places, maybe cities will go back to maybe a 25 or 50% capacity in restaurants and places like that. And I mean, we're speaking from Washington, from Seattle, where there is a, an indoor mask mandate back in place. Um, so it's just, it's tough. And then everyone has their opinions on that. Um, and I'm just like, God, I mean, if we were sick to death of talking about this a year ago, I mean, I cannot express my frustration at <laughs> when people want to talk about COVID restrictions and across the country and internationally and vaccine, like the ethics of booster shots, I mean, all valid things, but it's just like, I just wish we could just wipe this whole conversation topic in along with the virus itself, to be clear, just right, right off the table. (laughs) Oh, it'd be great. I spend, I feel like I haven't given the proper, uh, thought to how like, fucked up i spend all day at work like in covid land dealing with outbreaks and dealing with covid and covid and covid and covid restrictions and covid this and covid that and um and like working in public health it's like a five alarm fire right now and then Mm -hmm. people are out there just like chilling um Mm -hmm. and not like taking precautions seriously and it's just like do you want this to be forever like just get (laughs) your shit together and yeah, I mean, obviously, people who are vaccinated are at much, much lower risk of getting, um, you know, seriously ill or anything like that. So shout out to the vaxxed folks. But the unvaccinated people who choose not to be vaccinated, like, y'all are going to ruin, like, the entire human race. Um, because well, then, ugh, go ahead. Oh, sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say, like, people, like, we have so moved past this question of, like, a, um, a collective action, you know, and, and this, this co- like, we're all in this together is completely lost. And so people are just like, well, I, we did what we were supposed to do and we're done. Or like, you know, what can I personally do? I, my personal risk is a lot lower. And, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's a really, it's a really sad, um, 
or, you know, maybe just demoralizing kind of landscape when you think about the humanity of it all. Absolutely. And then like the data that, oh, the vaccines start to wane after six to eight months. And, you know, then you have like new variants like Mew, Um, which isn't that new, but it was added to the the list of variants of interest by the World Health Organization, I think last week, um, there are like five or so on there. Delta's the one that gets the big the big press because that's the one that's been the most um, impactable, impactful because of just how transmissible it is. Um, Mu is of interest because it seems uh, that it has uh, genetic mutations that indicate that both natural immunity and vaccines um and monoclonal antibody treatments might not work as well against it so that's why there's the concern with mu is that basically if the vaccine doesn't really work and natural immunity doesn't really work it'd be like a whole new covid but this is all like very preliminary um there's not like the there aren't the studies done yet that need to be done and it's in the United States and 99% of cases are still Delta. So if it doesn't appear, knock on all of the wood in all of the places, but it doesn't appear to have that transmissibility issue. So mm-hmm. no matter how shitty the variant is, if it's not very contagious, you know, it'll really suck for those who get it, but it wouldn't cause, you know, mass scale mayhem. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm just choosing <laughs> to keep Mew just like over somewhere, like keep my eye on it, but like we're not, I'm not trying to freak out about Mew right now because I can't, like, yeah. I, I can't. Um, it's, they say it's not an immediate threat to the United States, which like... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> it's not like the most comforting language. No, um, exactly. <laughs> that language actually makes my ears like perk up. It's like, yeah, mm. yeah. So they're studying it. Um, we'll see. Not an immediate threat to the United States, but it's here. It's it's on uh, U.S. soil and has been for a minute. Um, so, I mean, Delta's, what if Delta and Mu merge? That would be the real right. end, end all be all. Then you'd be like Delta Mu, like from Legally Blonde. Delta Nu. <laughs> like Delta Nu. Oh, God. Oh. Halloween costume idea <laughs> <laughs> for your last Halloween. Um. <laughs> um, I mean, I did see something like Andy Slavitt had a good thread sort of talking about the different variants and um, how big of a problem those variants might be. And he kind of talked, like you said, about the balancing of the transmissibility um, and the how fast it replicates. And um, it's complicated. I mean, it, so it's kind of like just try to follow, you know, the blue check marked verified public health experts. Um, they're trying, they're trying to communicate um, uh, their research um, as far as they know it 
to the public. They really are. I mean, so it's sort of like, but it, it is, it is frustrating because we all just want easy answers. And I think I made this comment a couple of weeks ago, but when the New York times daily did a podcast on like what you might like parents questions for back to school. It was just a whole episode, call an episode about that. And their expert was like, yeah, I mean, it's like personal preference. We don't know. We don't really know. We don't know. And it's like, we don't know. oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while for things to, for enough data to get collected on things to make formal guidance recommendations. And mm-hmm. So it's like you'll live in real time and start to see things or anecdotally notice things and then you know, you know, they got it. Cause I mean, in science, you got in science, <clears throat> you have to do <laughs> all the science, you know, you can't just do a little bit of science and call it science. You got to do all the steps of the science. So in um, science, you must do all the science. Exactly. No shortcutsies. Um, <laughs> so we, we wait to see what Mew will bring. Um, but like I said, there's there have been plenty of variants of interest on the list, and most of them have been, in, you know, interesting and, you know, potentially uh, noteworthy in one way or another. But Delta's the only one that's really fucked shit up, so. Yeah. Hopefully Mew will just uh, peace out. But that's what's going on with Mew. It's starting to hit the, starting to hit the presses. Oh, it's <sighs> excellent, excellent. Well... Speaking of other exciting news hitting the presses. (laughs) What? (laughs) You know, we were still really upset about um, the rollback of reproductive rights in Texas. So we're going to, you know, talk about that a little bit more because we released our episode on last Wednesday and like literally right after I hit publish, the Supreme Court decided to do nothing about this texas law they just let it stand as is Mm -hmm. um basically for like kind of on technical reasons like well we don't even know who it's not the state so we're just not gonna it's there's not one person so um we can't really right now um we busy it's (sighs) Like, so it was just sort of a whole dodge um, and it doesn't bode well. In my opinion, people have different opinions about this, but I think it doesn't bode well that they basically decided not to comment on something with such far reaching implications, not only for women, but just on the whole structure of like law in America and like vigilante justice on like anything. Yeah, how is this not going to incentivize lawmakers to uh, get creative and be like, well, if private citizens are enforcing it, uh, then I guess the Supreme Court's not going to do anything about it. So why don't we just let private citizens enforce everything? No, 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 no. Yeah, and it's, I remember, I recall (laughs) Kavanaugh, I recall, I recall these people before the Senate Judiciary Committee saying that Roe v. Wade was a, was precedent, well established, settled law, law. law of the land, settled <laughs> law. Um, they'd keep open minds. They said, uh, "No," and like no. <laughs> people on the right have admitted, like, "Yeah, we've been like long gaming this to uh, do away with abortion rights," um, and here mm-hmm. we are, mm-hmm. and here we are, and they just didn't do a damn thing, and they could have, and they didn't. 
and they used a bullshitty little excuse that also could potentially have repercussions of encouraging vigilante justice, which is the last fucking thing this apocalypse bingo needs. Like, Mm -hmm. really feels, uh, really feels like we're getting close to a bingo, B I N G O on the apocalypse with this kind of shit. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, it's about, if it was just about abortion rights in Texas, it would be a huge issue that impacts a ton of human beings, but it's mm-hmm. about a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see what Supreme court does. If anything, they're um, little uh, sneaky little shits. Yeah. Dare I say, Brett Kavanaugh, you sneaky little shit. Amy Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett. Um, This was, you know, this was a 5-4 decision um, in what's like called the shadow docket, which is basically like when they're not, they haven't like heard a formal case and come up with like a long formal decision. It's like things that happen in the off season if you will the off season of scotus um and this one was five four and john roberts um rolled with the liberals liberal um liberal justices and sort of in a lot of ways like what we kind of would have expected from him like he's an institutionalist and he uh doesn't think that this is yeah he would have he would have just let like the status quo rule and this is not the status quo this is like it's it's kind of interesting too because it opens up this question of like well it it opens up a lot of questions but the idea that you are able to you're letting a law stand that is just patently unconstitutional like it is it's a law that is on its face unconstitutional based on supreme court precedent that in itself is basically not only undermining, it feels like it is an overturning of Roe practically, like in a way that even when we recorded this last week without the Supreme Court's um, endorsement, essentially tacit endorsement of this law, it is, it is, an, it, it's a rollback of Roe in a, in a, in a really real way. Um, so it doesn't bode well for the Mississippi case that we're about to hear. Um, but it's also like... <sighs> I kind of want to also address that it's sort of been demoralizing to see uh, that this is something that mostly animates women. And when it's, it's an anomaly to see a man totally outraged by this situation in a way where they're actually like taking action or like speaking out against it. Like Ellie Mistal, who's, who's been speaking on CNN and he's been, outraged and getting like putting out really interesting things on Twitter, like talking about all the ways in which essentially like Joe Biden could and should um, set up a federal like task force that would be doctor or like protective of doctors who are going to Texas to federally administer any like reproductive aid, reproductive aid, reproductive health. We could um, get rid of the Hyde Amendment immediately. And that would at least also release the um, like federal dollars to be able to and and resources to be able to go towards clinics and um, providers who also offer abortions. So that would at least free like untie the hands of a lot of people to help 
just help facilitate women being able to access reproductive rights all across the country. So, and he kind of, so he was outlining a bunch of different things in that way. We also, he also called out Merrick Garland, who said that, you know, who, who issued kind of this tepid, um, statement about how um, the Justice Department will protect a woman's right to access health care. But then when you kind of dug into it, it actually is sort of a milk toast thing. Like he's not, it's not really a meaningful, robust response to something this dire for women. So there's this like collective frustration, at least that I have when you look at like Merrick Garland um, and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and like the people in charge and the Democrats have both the House and the Senate. And you like, we can't even structurally change fuck all at this point. Like this is like you, this is, you said this, I think before, like it's a five alarm fire and it is not, <laughs> these are rights that are being rolled back and it's reproductive health right now, but it it's other things tomorrow. You know, you, if you embolden people and we're already letting like the, the um, foundational kind of democratic foundations of our country are already so weathered and frayed. Um, and there's such an encroachment from this like small minority of people who are hopefully the last gasps of like ass backwards, white supremacy and ignorance and religious zealotry getting to control everything, but I'm not so sure. Um, but it just feels like every time they win, every time this group takes something away from the majority of people and not just the majority of people, but there is a popular majority, like 70% of the country at least thinks that women should have the right to choose in some capacity for some amount of time past six weeks, you know, um, there is something truly fucked up when we, even when we hold power, aren't mobilizing immediately against something as egregious as this. Absolutely. And like he said, so Merrick Garland basically was saying that the Fed, the federal government would protect what, what he was getting at was like, he'll protect the physical like clinics, people going into the clinics to receive um, their care from being hurt or you know threatened all that because of the the face um freedom of access to clinic entrances act of 1994 which is like good yeah like we we should <laughs> make sure people don't get attacked on their way in there but it also doesn't actually let help women who need abortions after six weeks get them mm -hmm. so like okay i'd rather you do that but literally nothing um <laughs> but can we address like the, the the issue here and also yes make sure people don't get like murdered or injured for mm -hmm. going into the clinic but um we also have we have some other issues mayor mayor um to, mm -hmm. <laughs> to get to and the un human rights monitors condemn texas um, so that it is structural sex and gender-based discrimination at its worst. Um, yeah, we're really, uh, <laughs> turning back the, the clock on, um, on reproductive rights here. And I saw today that Mexico's Supreme Court unanimously voted to decriminalize abortion. Mm hmm So, which is great, you know, but it's like other, we're... <laughs> Some places are moving forward. We appear to, even with uh, 
you know, Democrats in the House and the Senate still appear to be uh, at risk of um, <laughs> losing a lot of uh, important rights and what the fuck happens when we don't have um, control of those anymore, uh, which is inevitable at some point, realistically. Right. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know what happens. And it's like, these are also people who um, have been trying to attack, you know, the rights of like trans kids. Um, you know, it's not just people who have, you know, uteruses who are at risk with this it's the people who are empowered by this going through in texas mm -hmm. are the same people who want to basically if you're not like a cis white dude um straight white dude they probably want to take something away from right you. right something away from you right um so it's and if you let people be the <laughs> the enforcers of this just everyday fucking people Mm -hmm. mm, yeah i just see a lot of ways in which this doesn't play out so hot uh mm -hmm. so we'll uh we'll see what happens here but it does not uh none of this is good none of this bodes well it feels like a big rat's nest beginning to unravel um we'll see what uh we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah yeah um just on a practical note, I just wanted to read something from um, Dara Koss, MD, on Twitter. She's a blue check mark, but I really liked what Ooh. she said um, around what she said she would tell her daughter or her friends if they were in Texas. Um, she was like, you know, I know this isn't enough, but as a mom and a doctor, I'm just sharing my thoughts. Um, so she stresses getting on birth control now, any form that's reliable. So the oral contraceptives, NuvaRing, Norplant, IUD. Um, use condoms with the birth control every single time, no exceptions. It's good practice for STI um, protection anyway. Take a pregnancy test every four and a half to five weeks. Buy a bunch of them now, get them in bulk, and get comfortable taking them. This may feel redundant if you're on birth control, but time is of the essence with this law, and knowledge is your only power. Um, if you find out you're pregnant and do not want to be, you have very little time to do it. Don't shut down. This will be hard, but you can't delay. And um, then she links to some other resources. Um, but I did just think about like, kind of just got sad too thinking about the, um, the comment about don't shut down, you know, because that is so rings as like so true. I think for a lot of women, like, you get, if you get a pregnancy test and it's positive and you don't want it to be positive, um, there's no time for you to just process either like your, your surprise or all the feelings that come along, like the personal feelings that come along with like that type of a moment where you, you just have to like spring into action. <laughs> and like, that's, yeah. it's, it's so incredibly sad um, on a sort of practical front too, I found it super enraging today. Um, a reporter asked Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, why force a rape or incest victim to carry a pregnancy to term? And he says with a straight face, it doesn't require that at all because obviously it provides them at least six weeks for a person to be able to get an abortion. <laughs> and then he oh, said, perfect. Oh, right, right. And then he was like, and we aggressively, we don't want rapists on the street. It's like, you 
motherfucker. Like, it's really hard to know where to begin with that because it's such bad faith gaslighting through and through every inch of that answer. As soon as the Supreme Court fully overturns Roe v. Wade, Texas is going to absolutely ban it all the way, not just at six weeks. Um, But it's just crazy that you also think that you can rely on like, oh, we prosecute rapists when it's like no one in the country. Rape, rape is like one of the hardest things to prosecute with less than 1% of like cases even making it to court. Like Absolutely. <laughs> like, and these people who are expected to get abortions within six weeks also have to be able to afford it. Yeah. You know, and like there are instances where people have to save for yeah. abortions. If you don't have them, they can, they can be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fucking dollars, be thousand dollars. Um, it's just all bullshit. And I like the things that I see on the internet. It's not like a perfect analogy or metaphor, but <laughs> who talk about like, why are we not, if you're regulating this, which obviously we shouldn't be regulating it, but if we mm-hmm. are, why, why not men? You know, it's people who are of, you know, childbearing age and capability are fertile, like 20 something days out of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, people with you know dicks they be jizzing um they can be jizzing every day they can uh, multiple times a day um so really it seems one jizzer (laughs) in one year can produce could produce a thousand pregnancies yeah versus one um uterine haver Mm-hmm. in one year that's only one that's one pregnancy maybe multiples but like multiple fetuses but one mm-hmm. pregnancy yeah. so gosh i mean we already decided that we already know from data that comprehensive sex education and access to contraceptives works to reduce abortions they didn't want to do that mm-hmm. so i mean the next logical step um would be to do something about those those jizzers just yeah. downtown just everywhere yeah um you know like just mandatory vasectomies until you're deemed <laughs> ready to appropriate obviously no one wants that either um until you you're it, married or whatever right like. <laughs> and yeah no one really like no one wants to put this in we don't want to regulate that either but it's just the the, the fact that that sounds absurd to some people but that um you know that regulating women's right to choose doesn't seem absurd um is interesting because there's just just logically looking at the risks i mean one group is much riskier so right right interesting very interesting and to also address i think a question that some may have which is sort of like why is this so upsetting to women who live in states where maybe it's not affecting us directly or why is this so upsetting just generally and i think with every issue yes there's you can always compare it to lots of things that are like going on in the world and we can get into some sort of competition about like what's worse you know and the barometer 
is just, I mean, this barometer of what's worse in terms of the scales of human suffering and on the earth is like off the charts. There are so many things going on in the world that are awful. I would say, I think you and I personally have very little chill and are upset about a lot of things, which is part, partly why we have this podcast. <laughs> um, so like we're bothered by a lot of things going on in the world at all times, frankly. And I know I've brought this quote up a million times, but like Lin-Manuel Miranda talked about how basically like you cannot take on the whole world suffering, you will implode, but you have to just sort of, but you take on what you can and try to help where you can, um, have you have, have, um, causes and things that matter to you that you fight for. And we can all try to pick up the slack, figure out what matters to you and just do what you can. Um, and I think there's some things, uh, particularly um, devastating about for me and for a lot of women, I think like reproductive rights, it's, um, it's a rollback of, of rights. And I don't trust that this is like just a flash in the pan moment in American politics or in American life. I don't, I don't necessarily have faith that without huge fight, without a huge monumental effort on the part of, um, basically at this point, like probably mostly women and minorities, um, you know, there, that, that we won't be able to claw this back. You know, we, I think it is not a given progress is not a given. I think it's a sad thing learning over the past, like five years. I, I, I people like the freedom to choose the freedom to choose what to do with your body, when to have children, to be able to have sex for pleasure, all those things are wrapped up in being able to have access to reproductive health care. And our country is like, we are moving backwards. And so that is something to be mourned. I think there's like all these different issues in the world where we're trying to get people up, up to a certain level, you know, like the netting that gets rid of those like terrible mosquitoes in Africa, you know, in the Gates Foundation, like trying to, trying to use data to eliminate um, some of the um, diseases that cause the most death and disease and we're trying to do those things to get people up to a standard where at least like you're not dying from a mosquito at the same rate. You know, there's lots of like, we're trying to elevate humanity and elevate like, and, and eliminate human suffering where we can. And so there's lots of different places where that's happening and it's not really productive to like compare the two things or be like, you're, why aren't you as animated about like malaria in the middle of Africa. It's like, that's not, we're not there. I want them both fucking fixed. <laughs> like, but I think like living because this is where we live, you know, this is our, the country that we are, we were born into. And we, that was, we were born with a lot of privileges, but like, this is like, you know, a human right. right. I think um, so like we should be defending human rights, whether it's the rights of immigrants coming to this country, the rights of Afghans, the rights of, um, women to make reproductive health decisions. Like we're firing on all cylinders. I think, you know, it's like global warming is a human rights issue. It's mm -hmm. like, there's, it's like everything can be boiled down to like, because we care about humanity. Um, we care about these things. That's 
why we have we see you's it's like oh this is fucked up this is fucked up these little things that i've seen throughout the week are making me upset and i just want to call out that like this person matters and this person sucks you know um so anyway i don't know i just i i that was like a long ramble about it because i think there's um you know i've heard like i've heard smart dudes um comment things or like thinking I think that this is maybe a flash in the pan not as serious as it could be you know there will still be places in the United States where abortion will always be legal I don't necessarily like think that's a given considering the way the world's going so you know it's just like that's you know it's it's it maybe just doesn't seem as immediate to guys because you you can opt out of this one you're never gonna face that decision directly so anyway it's that's okay i'm gonna end the end the rant but um yeah, i just well, sort of have been like <laughs> i don't think there's there are lobbyists and special interest groups out there like campaigning for more malaria mosquitoes you know <laughs> um i don't right. think that that's happening and even if you are in a state other than texas right now um there are like a dozen with trigger you know trigger bills that the second roe v wade's overturned abortion is boom fully fully gone there mm-hmm. um and there are some states like washington state that have protections you know encoded in law if roe v wade's overturned where it still will be legal there best case scenario if those states can hold on to that you, you still need to get people to those states mm-hmm. and what if then laws are put into place where if you cross state lines from one of those states to get an abortion that's a, you know mm-hmm. or someone news in power federally and they decide that states shouldn't be able to access you know give access to abortions um there are very many ways that this could <laughs> you know rapidly or not so rapidly um get worse and worse and worse um, and there are situations in which it'll be fine, but there are less, I think, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, less roads leading there. Um, because no matter where you are, I mean, one, empathy for other human beings. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, it could be you and your state next. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not hyperbole. That's just, I mean, there are some logical ways this could play out. Right. Um, so, yeah. And if you want to help, you could donate to, uh, there are many places, but the Lilith Fund is one that is providing financial and emotional assistance to people in Texas seeking abortion. Mm-hmm. So, um, there are a bunch of others too that you can, you can look into, but if you're someone who has money to give as a resource, there are places that you can, you can put it because they people in Texas are going to need ways to get out of texas if they're yeah. seven weeks pregnant or eight weeks pregnant or whatever and need an abortion yeah yeah they're your money will be like tangibly helping women access reproductive health because yeah it's um so that's great okay i don't know I could just like rant and rant and rave about this forever and ever uh is there anything else you want to say before we move to uh the we sees i am uh good cool 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 i'm great (laughs) (laughs) and now for we see you arizona so (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, Arizona. I spent I spent some of my formative years there, so I'm oh. I feel I'm allowed to sass the estate. An interesting, an interesting state, interesting group of peeps. Anyway, oh uh, Mesquite <laughs> Elementary School um, had a policy basically that all schools should have, and most do in some way, shape, or form. That if your child is a known close contact of someone with COVID, they need to um, quarantine for some period of time from school um, unless they have a test to stay program which is a whole other can of beans anyway <sighs> this guy is told that his son needs to stay at home for at least a week which is also like the shortest term like that's already the shortest quarantine they're going to tell you is seven days yeah. you're already out of the 10 or 14 days you're getting <laughs> the shortest quarantine you can so he's told his son has to stay home for a week and what daddy decides to do is walk into the elementary school with his son, just to set a really good uh, example for him, uh, with his son and with two other men, unclear who these friends are, but just <laughs> three men and the child at the elementary school, um, to confront the principal over the quarantine policy. They showed up with zip ties because mm. they meant business and that's their fucking little calling card now is these little zip ties and they said that they wanted to conduct a citizen's arrest mm. um great the principal was explaining that they were following health department guidelines um and the dudes just had to leave <laughs> <laughs> So I am glad that um, <laughs> that they didn't like that they weren't empowered and emboldened to do more, you know, to get violent or yeah. they pretty much just like showed up with their zip ties. Like we, we're gonna make a citizen's arrest. When the, he's like, I'm just following the health department's guidelines, guys. I don't know what you want me to do. And oh, just, mm, what an awful day at work. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I am so glad I work remotely because. <laughs> The people that would come into the local health department to, t- to talk about how they feel about things. Mm. No, no, thank, thank you. you. I am not. I'm not here. <laughs> no, no. Um, but just when we talk about vigilante justice and private citizens feeling empowered, uh, this is the kind of dumb shit that is that is happening already, where people feel that they should be able to. Not even the law. Like they're you're not. They weren't breaking the law and asking you to have your kids stay at home. Mm-hmm. But you think it's wrong. So you think you should be able to arrest them with your little zip ties. So mm. You weird. don't have... Yeah, you don't have... You don't have the right to do that. <laughs> um, thoughts and prayers for this person's son who is yeah. just getting the worst example yeah. of that fourth. Um, God, can you imagine how embarrassing, how embarrassed you'd be as a child like... Oh God, my dad's taking me to the school oh, with the no. zip ties. They're ready to arrest the principal. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um. That sounds mortifying. <laughs> yeah, and the school doesn't even require masks. Like they're like pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty chill. Yeah. Um. And the uh the principal um also is a woman, which I'm just throwing out there because. That's like another like power dynamic level of intimidation to have three big dudes with zip ties walk into this woman's office. Yeah. Um, mm, not right, regardless of the gender of the principal, but adds another layer. It there. does. It um, does. Yeah. Particularly menacing. Um, I don't like it. 
Yeah. So we see, you know, these zip tie idiots. I just, yeah. I'm glad that it didn't turn into like this. He shot and killed her or he, you know. Yeah. But um, we see you. you we fools. see you. You fools. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of gross, um, Brandy Melville <laughs> um, is apparently a store i actually hadn't even heard of them um but there was a story in business insider that came out about their hiring practices and their communication style their uniforms and just like what their um, employees have to do every day when they come to work um, and it's pretty gross, um, considering a lot of the employees are women or, and, and actually more specifically, they're teenage girls. Um, so, um, one of the things that I found particularly yucky and exploitative is that, um, every day the employees, retail employees had to have their pictures taken and sent to higher ups, a practice known as quote staff style, um, and so, um, the executives regularly received more than 2000 text messages a day, um, of just like their teenage female employees, um, which <laughs> seems uh. like really, really disgusting. Um, the top executives are again, like, you'll be so surprised to learn a group of white men in their thirties. Um, oh, just like looking at pictures of teen girls yeah critiquing their outfits Mm. yeah it's like gross um and you know they also um let's see their hiring process includes like basically lurking from um from above like and then they can um get the contact information for the person who's applying like and um Let's see. I'm just looking. I'm scanning because I had there were like a few things that I highlighted where it's just like, ew. Um, there are reports of quote store wide diets ahead of visits from the CEO, and um, the girls were t- ha- have been told to change in front of executives. Um, and uh, there have been requests by this the CEO to remove black shoppers from stores. Um, and there were very few black employees. Um, and those that were employees, um, of color say that they were put on, um, shifts where there were fewer customers and fired when, um, white women became available to take their place. Um, there were tons of different sexual harassment and abuse, um, allegations, um, and, uh, one person said specifically that one man um, hit on employees um, by coming up to them from behind and squeezing their sides or whispering uh. in their ear. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's a, an, a sexual assault allegation um, against um, one, um, a man who owned a few of the stores. She's a former manager said he sexually assaulted her in 2015 when she was staying at the, at a brand owned apartment in Soho. Um and what kind of makes this whole thing like even worse on top of all of this is uh, the fact that the CEO um, didn't seem 
interested in actually like in any real like policies that were against sexual harassment or female empowerment or like any of that. Um, he, uh, the reporter had screenshots from a 30 person group text called Brandy Melville gags, um, which show the CEO and all his friends sending like a bunch of different gross um, quote unquote jokes, including Nazi references, Holocaust jokes, photos of naked women and racist memes or photos. The store is also facing two lawsuits from Canadian store owners who said they were fired for refusing to lay off employees based on their looks. Um, so, you know, anyway, this is just like a little grab bag of the things that I found most disgusting from the uh, Business Insider story about Brandy Melville. I think the only thing that makes me feel better is that I was just like, what even is this store? I feel like I, not that I'm like a fashionista, but we, like I lived in New York and have gone through Soho and I feel like I would recognize most of the stores in that area just from like knowing stores <laughs> you know I don't know it's just like Brandy Melville I've never never heard of that um so anyway um we see you to Brandy Melville and you're in the repulsive executives I hope they're buried in lawsuits and um go bankrupt we see you we see you yeah I think they're a west coast vibe the only outing myself the only reason I know <laughs> <laughs> who they are is i got this um at a what's the name of that store at, not goodwill but it's a different secondhand store in cap hill i got mm. this cute little denim skirt that's like all buttons up in the middle uh-huh. and it's like the smallest skirt that i own um obviously it doesn't fit my pregnant body at the moment <laughs> but it's brandy melville and i remember looking at the tag and being like is this for a teenager <laughs> <laughs> And I just put it away into my underbed storage for all the things that my ass is not going to be wearing for the next like year. And I looked at the and I was like, is this for teens? <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, what an awful, awful company. Yeah. But at least I bought it secondhand. I didn't give them any money. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. I'm just going to keep wearing my teen skirts and living my truth. Um, all right. So a, uh, a gentleman, Mr. Smith, um, was admitted to a hospital with, um, COVID. He was deteriorating. Um, he was transferred to the ICU in July. He was placed on a ventilator early August. Um, later in August, doctors put him in a medically induced coma and his wife contacted this quote unquote doctor. He's technically a doctor, but like, I don't know. <laughs> Dr. Fred, who is part of the group which has been lobbying for the use of ivermectin mm-hmm. um, in COVID patients. Again, ivermectin is for like animals who need like deworming, basically. Um, and this doctor is not board certified with any specialty, hasn't worked at a hospital in over 10 years. Um, he provided a prescription for ivermectin without having ever seen the patient. And despite not even having medical privileges at that hospital. Mm-hmm. So those two things in and of themselves, like if you don't see a patient and you don't have privileges at the hospital they're at, you don't, you can't just like write them a prescription for a bullshit drug. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, not only did Dr. Fred <laughs> write this <laughs> prescription. Uh, so the hospital refused to administer the drug because they were like, no this is going to interfere with other meds and like i'm sure also behind the scenes off the documentation we're like this is some stupid shit yeah i'm not this is not 
the vet's office. We're not doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a judge ordered the hospital an emergency injunction to give this person ivermectin, um, which is just like <laughs> judging gone wrong. <laughs> Poor judgment featuring <laughs> this fucking judge. Um really bad move on a number of on a number of counts to I mean the precedent that sets alone is like yes a doctor can prescribe something to someone they've never seen at a hospital they don't have privileges for a -hmm. drug that is not is not accepted by science as being something that helps with this um Mm -hmm. don't love that so thankfully there was a, a different judge was like no and um reversed the original judge's order um but i just wanted to call out that that happened at all yeah and the only reason that ivermectin is even on the fucking radar as something other than an antiparasitic for animals is because it was one of those like right wing weird hey try this drug you know um the same the same group that brought you drink bleach is now bringing you take ivermectin um so uh we we see you and don't take it um calls to poison control about ivermectin have skyrocketed apparently this year yeah um just as we had you know we had from desert we had all kinds of we had all kinds of fun fun things which is what's happening in what's been happening in um brazil um with random medications too it's Right. Just go with what works. We don't need any more spear spears. Anyway, Whoa. we see you. We see you. Yeah, it's we're seeing something on um, from one of the hosts of the What's Her Name podcast, which like shout out. They're great. They do um, history of women you might not have heard of, but should have heard of. Um, one of the, their co-hosts was tweeting about um, vitamin. What is it? Vitamin. Ivermectin. 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 It's one of those words that I just keep reading and not actually hearing said out loud. Um, but she was talking about ivermectin because she was prescribed it. Um, she said when she, after she got back from traveling and had a parasite or something really like nasty, um, but you know, prescribed by a doctor because some it's like, you know, some humans are prescribed it for specific things. Um, and she said, you know, it can either really help you or really, really mess you up. And it really messed her up. It was not the right thing. Um, But it was, so it's just like, even when you're getting prescribed this thing that is again, like not, you know, it's, it's like, let's just not be taking kind of things that aren't prescribed by real doctors with real privileges. And like, you know, also just, yeah, it kind of freaks me out. I mean, um, yeah scary yucky let's just go with oh god it's so it's so depressing that in 2021 like facts and science you know know. like yeah ivermectin you can use that in people who are having like who need an antiparasitic sometimes but you don't just you know what you have this virus (laughs) here's a little ivy a little ivy ivm you know ivm um okay my we see you is um the chicago labor day violence that you know just has kind of been making headlines just wanted to kind of call it out as being um really something that again feels uh 
scary um the uptick in in gun violence um it's the highest since 2016 um and over the weekend um there were at least 65 people shot and um six people fatally including um a child that was killed um and you know i don't have a whole lot in the way of like anything profound to say um just that like it's so tragic there shouldn't be like children shouldn't be um caught up in all this <laughs> my my cat is uh if you can hear him in the background wanting to get out well I'll, I'll let him out in a minute um but there's um it's yet another thing that i think like i have to sort of see the headline and just kind of process it and be like this is not normal and this is a fixable thing and we have a government for which we pay taxes and they should be helping with this especially when there's a unified government um the gun gun control in this country is so um is so lacking and um every single one of these like lives matter again kind of gets a little frustrating you wonder like if there was an all lives matter crew wouldn't they like give a shit about this stuff? Um, <laughs> so this is just kind of um, to say that like, this is uh, uh, something that is, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be so immune to like reading a headline that's like 65 people shot, including like, you know, a, a fatally wounded child four-year-old boy you know and like six other people died and it's just like every single one of those people you know their lives mattered and um this is just an unacceptable thing in 2021 in this world so nothing really profound just like a sad sad we see you to that to that piece of news Ugh. yeah gun <laughs> gun control now gun control would be great um because there was this teacher who tweeted about getting ready for back to school in the meetings they were asking if they could leave their classroom doors open because it's better ventilation for covid and they couldn't because of their policy on active shooters like, mm, the things we must weigh in 2021 Wonderful. oh man yuck dark yeah dark dark um speaking of dark uh ugh, i hate this one so brian riley um a former marine um in central florida uh, his girlfriend told authorities that he'd been slowly unraveling for weeks and repeatedly told her he could communicate directly with God. Um, he was taking methamphetamines. So uh, someone who definitely should have access to firearms. Um, so this person broke into a home. He didn't know the people who lived there and he shot and killed a, a woman in her 30s, her three-month-old child, who she was cradling, um, shot an 11-year-old seven times. Miraculously, she is um, alive um, and also killed a 40-year-old man um, and got into like a shootout with police, basically, and tried to uh, disarm the cops when he was being arrested. Just they still uh, this is a white man still was taken um alive and i'm not saying he shouldn't have been i'm only highlighting that because if he were a person of color i don't think uh i don't think that would have happened 
Um, yeah. And so this we see is not just to the the person who murdered the oh, also killed the family dog. Mm. Just a really uh, a gruesome detail. It's like people who are killing babies and dogs. Mm-hmm. It's a little something extra going on um, there. So it's not only a we see you to him. Um, yeah, he was a Marine who served as a sharpshooter in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, obviously, he had been failed by mm. as many veterans are. Um, he obviously was not being treated for his mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, they were obviously, obviously had some things going on. Yeah. Which isn't to absolve him because I also think we get into dangerous territory when we, um, how do I say this? We act as if all veterans are heroes. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't think they are. I think you can go into oh the God. service for, yeah. <laughs> and I am, I think you could absolutely go into service for noble reasons, but I think acting that every single person in any field is, um, is a hero is day. I mean, it's like we nurses are wonderful and amazing. I, you know, I have a nursing background, um, but there's also, you read those stories about nurses who like kill their patients for <laughs> like for funsies, like people are just can be fucked up. Yeah. Um, so it's not to say that this person was an amazing human being who, because I don't know, maybe he's always been a shitty person mm-hmm. and then he went and got training to how to kill people mm-hmm. and then, did shitty things or maybe he was a good person who think whatever happened he shouldn't have had a fucking gun mm-hmm. if he was having um hallucinations right and actively using meth mm-hmm. um should not have legally obtained a, a firearm there mm-hmm. and you know we should be if we're <laughs> training people to um you know sharpshooters Mm-hmm. and sending them on these missions and then we they come back and we're not providing them the mental health services they need you know that's kind of on kind of on us too so this is sort of a big we see you to not only brian riley um but to fucking guns guns <laughs> in fact we cannot get any fucking reason like real gun control passed um and the lack of resources that we have for um for ptsd and veterans in in this country um and ugh, god it's just the killing like a three-month-old baby man yeah so we see you we see you i mean that's it's almost like that yeah our two these two last two we see you's are so they're interconnected because we are immune or like it feels like just the amount the scale of of tragedy that is as a result of gun violence and act gun access and um, just letting people, anyone have one Um, it's devastating and it's unacceptable. It is absolutely unacceptable. And you can't tell me that we can't, you know, that there's, there's absolutely no way for us to make this better, this landscape better for people. Like, God, it's awful, 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 awful. And it's a like uniquely American issue. So like, Mm -hmm. It's us. It's us. Um, my last we see you is also <laughs> a little bit vague again, because it's just, I think, I think, I don't know. There was just, there's a lot of things that are kind of cumulatively frustrating to me. And I do think that, um, so 
recently it feels like the dialogue around um, homelessness and drug abuse. But like, I mean, I could really have gone in either direction on this. So I'm just going to bring them together and make the whole thing ultra vague. But it just feels like there are these conversations online. um, And when people are trying to talk about policy making to help um, people who find themselves homeless um, and people who are suffering a drug addiction. Um, And it does feel like there's kind of a scanning online to see like, what are the people on my side saying? And then let's talk about that. When really these two issues seem to be things that I really think could be solved. Like every, I, I, this, this might sound naive, but this feels like people who are experiencing homelessness, it feels like it could be solved through like, bringing everyone together and having kind of like a human moderate approach, which is we're going to help people who are homeless find housing. It's actually cheaper as I think you and I were discussing, like before we started, before we hit record, um, there are a lot of things that seem radical, but actually are not when you kind of price out in the long run, um, what is happening. Um, and it's just like a, uh, a situation. <laughs> Sorry, I can't laugh. I just like <sighs> we can cut this, but also like <laughs> Knox was doing a very similar thing, and he's peeved that I haven't let him out. I'm gonna have to take a picture quickly. That's hilarious. Cat check in. Cat check in. Um, but it feels like there is a moderate solution here, um, and. It's frustrating because, and in Seattle, there was a a bill that came up that I wasn't able, I think a judge decided like on the merits, it was too broad and too much. Um, I'm going to forget exactly what it was technically called, but what wasn't allowed to go on the ballot because it was just too, <laughs> it was too overarching. It was like, you know, we're going to give everyone a home and access to all these things. And it was kind of like, ooh, that's like, we can't really promise that from a government perspective, but it actually was people like the liberal side were kind of like pissed off because it seemed like it was going to be a homeless sweep. Um, But then when I was kind of like looking into what the policies were and it, you know, granted it was policies that were backed by like Vulcan real estate, which is Paul Allen's big like real estate company and Amazon. It definitely makes you wonder like, okay, what's your motivation here? And, no, we don't want to be sweeping homeless, like homeless people and just like moving them and being like, you know, but I just, I'm kind of like, there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of danger for people who are, who are camping outside. There's a lot of violence and sexual assault and, um, like a lot of drug use for people that would, would get help if they had access and resources and there was sort of like a long-term plan. It wasn't just like all these like quick fixes or like, oh, we'll put you in a home for just like a few days or one night, but you have to leave it and then come back every night. And like, there's often violence in those shelters. So I'm not saying it's an, I'm not saying these are easy fixes, but I also kind of am getting frustrated by the, the, the sort of like polarity, like there, it has to be a conservative versus a versus liberals. And we're like in camps and like nothing sensible can happen because we're just so entrenched in like my side, your side. And it's like, 
the middle is actually like the middle is where actually everyone like there's like probably universal agreement that we need to help people who are homeless. You know, I think that conservatives also want to do that if I'm going to extend them that, Mm. that courtesy. I mean, like they, or maybe on a more cynical note, they want homeless people out, out of the downtown area or something like, yeah. Okay. So if we all want, but we want, what we want is for people to be able to walk downtown safely. We want people to be able to, we want businesses to thrive downtown, people to be able to be there. But we also want the homeless, people who find themselves homeless or people who find themselves addicted to drugs for a variety of reasons to get help and to have housing. So I don't know. I'm just kind of like, these two issues have seemed a little bit frustrating because I just wish that we could just kind of not be like, okay, like what is like quote unquote my side and just think like, how can we actually just fucking help? Like, how can we just be humans in the world who are helping other people, helping people get mental health assistance, housing assistance, like access to things? Because what what feels like an, a universal thing is that a lot of these, a lot of cities right now, it's not working. What's Whatever's happening, like in Seattle, in Seattle, I don't know what's going on, but it feels like we don't really have anything happening. Nothing is happening. There's no plan. And so there's just like, it's just like chaos. It's like, okay, could we, I thought we had like a, like a liberal government. Can we help people? Are we going to help? You know, it's not, let's just do something. I'm just using Seattle as an example because it's kind of like we have elections coming up and hopefully I'm not totally talking out of my ass in terms of the most recent bill. But I just, these things feel like we can, they're hard, but again, like solvable or at least worth trying to solve. (laughs) There's a sizable amount of people on the right who really believe like, well, I earned my money and my taxes aren't going to go towards people who are homeless because they should just get a job. I'm not homeless. Why are you homeless? Like, I feel like it's just part of that, like, lack of empathy. But like you said, I think that those same people um, don't want to have to see people who are experiencing homelessness when they're trotting about. Mm-hmm. Um, so regardless of the the reason why you don't think people experiencing homelessness should be out sleeping on the streets like can we all just agree that um people should have access to shelter i don't know and that that's ultimately like a long-term solution that will make the make like life better for those people for you for business owners for people tourists like every single person benefits from this so everyone wins so i don't (sighs) It's another like vague ramble, ramble central station. I've kind of been a rambly today, but um, a rambly person, but it's just, I don't know. There are vague annoyances that it's like, why does this have to be, why, why does everything have to be like me versus you, you know? It's absurd. And it's like, particularly when I find we are on the side that tends to pair um, as I make it about size <laughs> that tends to pair uh, empathy with data, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, there's no good argument for not, not addressing um, the homelessness crisis. There's just none. 
but it's like the the people on the right who often like to say that we're little snowflakes and we're too emotional and stuff just get their panties in a wad because the idea of helping people who don't deserve it or who don't haven't worked hard enough like not understanding the slightest thing about why people who experience homelessness do so and how close most of this country could be to it if mm-hmm. certain things that went wrong and certain safety nets didn't exist for them mm-hmm. anyway people should just stop being shitty and can we just house people and like wear masks and like listen to science and be empathetic and just like deal with this shit oh my god right right anyway I a totally good thing <laughs> a good thing um so thanks to the tiktok teens and yes who i assume are responsible for all good now um the GoDaddy is kicking the Texas whistleblower website, um, kicked it to the curb, yeah. got rid of it, um, which is which is great. It was a really fucking sketchy website that just existed to like have people report suspected abortion seekers. Um, real slippery slope there. So the TikTok teens stopped their little dances for a moment and you know public outcry and public pressure and go daddy took it down um which doesn't solve any doesn't solve the problem but it is you know it, it is good yeah it's a good it, it's good it is a good thing i loved all those tiktoks and the i was all about those programmers who were like i did this and this and you know, it just goes to show kind of the state of powerlessness when, I mean, I absolutely was on that website before TikTok did their thing. And I was submitting, like I submitted maybe about 10 fake requests before bed because I was just was like this, you know what, I have no power except to just do my part to kind of F with your website. And I will, I will do that. I also called Susan Collins because, and I encourage everyone to call Susan Collins's office and just every day, just every day, <laughs> part of your routine. You wake up yeah. in the morning, you call Susan Collins, <laughs> call her and just one, ask her if, Ro- if she thinks Rose settled blah anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, such a good thing. TikTok might, TikTok teens, they might save the world. Who knows? Feminist Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.com slash podcasts. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.